Hallelujah. You may take your seats. We bless God for another Sunday. And uh, I was telling them yesterday during the prayer meeting that for some reason I'm very excited about today. I don't know why, but uh, I'm, I'm just excited in my spirit. I believe God is going to speak to you. Amen. Today I'm going to speak on a subject I've entitled The Attitude of Gratitude. The Attitude of Gratitude. Everybody say the attitude of gratitude. Say it again, the attitude of gratitude. Hallelujah. You know, there are certain things we don't consider as being too spiritual. But in fact, they are bedrocks in this walk we are taking with God. One of them is gratitude. Hallelujah. I'll show to you from scriptures today how God values gratitude. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5. Okay, let's start from 17. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. An attitude of gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. And the verse 18 says, let me have the verse 18. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything. Everybody say in everything. Say it again, in everything. Everything means everything. Hallelujah. Everything means the good. Everything means the bad. Everything means the ugly. Hallelujah. And we have been told in the Bible that in everything, give thanks unto, the, unto God. Because that is what God expects of us. Sometimes it's difficult to give thanks. It's not every time that things go the way you want it to go. But we are, being ex we are expected to give thanks and to praise. You see, thanksgiving and praises are like Siamese twins. You can't separate them. We normally say we worship God for who he is and we thank God for what he has done and what he's about to do. Amen. We worship God for who he is and we thank God for what he has done and what he's about to do. So you can't really separate praise and thanksgiving. In fact, the two can be used interchangeably, praising and thanksgiving. We praise God because it's, 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 we thank God for what he has done and what he's about to do. Hallelujah. And we have been told that in everything, everything, your work with God doesn't mean everything is going to go right. There are times things will not go the way you want things to go. But the Bible is telling us that in everything, we must give thanks to God. And I like the song that um, Don Moen wrote. I will sing. How many of you know how to sing that song? I was saying, it's, it's one of my favorite songs. You know, sometimes you feel like there isn't any reason why you should thank God. C can, we, can we have the, the, the projection of the song? Sometimes you find yourself in a situation where, I mean, it's difficult to praise. Why do you think praise is described as a sacrifice? When we say a sacrifice of praise. 
a sacrifice. A sacrifice is something you, you do that costs you something. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it, it has a certain value. So we say the sacrifice of praise, we are talking about praising even in a time when it's not easy to praise, when it's not difficult to praise. Hallelujah. Let, let, let's sing along. Hallelujah. Isn't it a powerful song? Oh, why don't you put your hands together? Hallelujah. 
This is a song you can sing on that day when things are not going well and all the storms seem to be rising against you. But the Bible is telling us that when you have such a day, you are supposed to still sing and praise God. Hallelujah. You see, God is a magnet to gratitude. Amen. It's like mag- gratitude attracts God. And even we human beings, when somebody is ungrateful to us, look how painful it can be. How many of you have had that experience of feeling like somebody has been ungrateful to you before? Oh, you've helped somebody, you've been there for the person, and the time comes and the person just behaves as if, uh, you know, you don't mean anything. I remember there was a time that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if some of you remember, there were times during fire rally when, I mean, God led me to raise funds for people for their fees, their school fees, stuff like that. And most of those people who did it for were very grateful. They were very thankful. But there was this particular girl. <laughs> this particular girl. We raised the money. We gave the money to her. She went and paid her fees all right. Never brought any evidence that oh, the money you gave, we even used it to pay fees. And raising that money was so easy. That day, the atmosphere was so charged. The presence of God was so strong. I just said, we need... 10 people to give 100 Ghana cities. Within 10 seconds, we had it. We even had 1,200. So she had 200 extra. Her fees was 1,000 cities. She had 200 extra. Never called. Never did anything while the other people, they brought evidence of receipt of payment and wrote letters of appreciation and stuff like This girl never bothered to get in touch with anybody. After a while, it just occurred to me. I was like, no. A young lady who has financial problems. That is a very big trap for the enemy. That is where the sugar daddies show that you can solve your problem, but you have to compromise. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it just occurred to me that, no, let's get in touch with this lady and really find out what the situation is in her life and let's see how we can help to manage situations and all of that. I asked for a number. I called. She responded, hello. I was like, oh, this is Dr. Leslie Kwasupon. Uh-huh. So I thought maybe the name didn't ring a bell. <laughs> said the name Fire Rally is bigger than my name. So I said, oh, Fire Rally. He said, yes, 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 I know. <laughs> I was like, how are you? I'm, I'm okay, I'm fine. I was like, is it possible for us to meet you? We want to have a discussion with you. And Oh, I'm learning. I'm, I'm busy. I'm learning. If there's anything you want to say, you can say it on the phone. I was like, oh, really? We just want to have a discussion with you on something. So it's like, oh, she's learning. She's busy. So if there's anything to be said, I was like, oh, okay. You don't worry. It's fine. And I hung up. So I told Nasara and Harriet about it. And I don't know which of them went to see her. And she didn't see what was wrong with what she did. Like, I mean, ah. I was learning, so I was learning. <laughs> that was it. And this is somebody that people rush from the crowd to come and contribute for you to be able to be in school, to be learning. If you had been sacked from school, what will you be learning? <laughs> You'll be learning a trade, probably. <laughs> but that thing really hurt me. I was like, hey, I mean, can human beings be like that? But then it reminded me of how we ourselves, we can be ungrateful to God sometimes. 
You see, ingratitude comes in the moment you feel like you deserve what you got. Most of the time, we are grateful when we feel like, oh, as for this one, they didn't deserve it. When you pass an exam that you feel, Charlie, this one, they are learned to, you are not as grateful as if, Charlie, when you went, things didn't go the way it was supposed to go. You were writing from right to left <laughs> instead of left to right, as if you are an Arab. But they came and still you had passed. That is when you go down on your knees and thank God and thank God and thank God. But you see, a lot of the things that happen in our lives, we don't deserve it. We never work for it. There are very little things in our life that we take for granted. Something like sleep, for example. Me, I, I, I used to take sleep for granted until I saw somebody who was suffering from very serious insomnia. You go to bed and it's like eyes are open, begging for sleep to come. And you know the scripture that delivered here? Psalm 127 verse 2, where the Bible says, he gives his beloved sleep. That was, that was the scripture that delivered here. And I realized that, hey, we can't even take sleep for granted. The Bible is telling us that it is God who gives us sleep. Even sleep, the sleep that you sleep, it is God who gives it to you. It is God who gives the sleep to you. Hallelujah. So we need to be grateful. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. Let me tell you something. It is not happy people that are grateful. It is grateful people that are happy. We think it's happy people that are grateful. It is grateful people that are happy. And you see, when you are grateful, God gives you a reason to be more grateful. So those that are grateful have greater reasons to be grateful. Hallelujah. We need to live with an attitude of gratitude. And I've come to realize from the scriptures that ingratitude is one of the things God hates the most. There are times because of ingratitude, we think God is overreacting. Look at the Israelites in the, in the wilderness. You, you were in bondage in Egypt. They were treating you like slaves. All kinds of things were being done to you. God brings you out, takes you. I mean, can you imagine the Red Sea opening? And the Bible said they walked on dry ground. If the waters just parted, you would have expected that they would walk on mud at least. So it's possible God just created an asphalt road in the middle of the Red Sea like that, and they walked on dry ground. You saw many mighty miracles. Firstborn children of the Egyptians dying and your own children surviving. But they got into the wilderness and suddenly, oh, as for this God, it's only manna, 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 someone that you have been giving us to eat. Don't you know you have to have a balanced diet? Every day, manna, morning, manna, afternoon, manna, evening, manna, ya bread, ni manna, no? Started murmuring, started complaining. Eh? You should have even left us in Egypt to die. When the Israel, when the, 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 the Egyptian chariots were closing in on them, oh, and their graves in Egypt, we could have been buried, given a fitting burial, a fitting burial in Egypt. Why should we come and die in the middle of the sea like that? At every point in time, they were ungrateful. And you see, you become ungrateful when you have a very short memory. When you forget what God has done for you. Somewhere in the sermon, I'll read certain facts to you. And you realize that you have reasons to be grateful to God. You have reasons to be grateful to God. They kept complaining, kept complaining. And one day God decided that you are complaining too much. I will send serpents to bite you. That seems like a classic case of 
divine overreaction. But what provoked that? Ingratitude. They were not grateful. When you read scriptures, it's as if God needs praise. He needs to be appreciated. It's, it's like he's addicted to it. You see, when you have an addict, if he doesn't get the thing, you find another way of getting it. There's this cocaine addict, and he was a chemist. When he had used the cocaine for a good part of his life, when he went on retirement and now he didn't have money to buy the cocaine, because he was a chemist, he now started attempting to manufacture it in his house. That is an addict looking for alternatives when the thing that he needs is not there. The only thing God threatened or Jesus threatened to raise stones to do, it wasn't preaching, it wasn't prayer. He said, if you don't praise me, I will raise the stones to praise me. It tells you that it's something God wants. So if you don't do it, you are not his friend. He is not excited with you. He's not excited with you. God needs your gratitude. He needs that praise. He needs that praise. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. That's the magnet. Once there is praises, once there is thanksgiving, God just shows up in the place like that. It is a sure way of catching God's attention to give him thanks. There was this beggar who used to work in Kolebu here. He had a very, very effective strategy. When he comes to you to come to ask you for money, he says, I see God in you. And I thank God that you are a very kind person and you are going to help me with what I'm going to say. When he says that he's confused you even before <laughs> he puts in his request. Thanksgiving attracts God's attention. Look, I keep telling people there are a lot of people putting requests before God all the time. At times, you need to do something extraordinary to let your request stand out. One of the things that can make your request stand out before God is giving. Because somebody was told that your giving and your prayer has come up unto me as a memorial. Can you imagine God's prayer inbox? Can you imagine it? The number of requests that go in every second. There must be something extraordinary about your request to let it stand out to God. One of the things is to give. The other thing is to precede your asking with thanksgiving. Because naturally he is a magnet to thanksgiving. It just attracts his attention like that. God loves people who, who, who give thanks. Who are grateful for the little things he does for them. We must even come to the point where in prayer we are not just asking. You see, you can ask, 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 God, do this, God, do this, God, do this. But I believe when we get to a point and we switch and we start thanking him for what he has not even done already, it even expedites him doing what we want him to do. Ordinary men can shout and praise after the wall of Jericho comes down. It takes men and women of faith to shout before the wall comes down. And those are the people God is looking for. Oh, when the wall has come down, it's very easy to shout. Hey, we shouted and the wall has come down. Hey. But it takes extraordinary men of faith to shout before the wall comes down. We need to come to the point when now we thank God before the thing. And it was one of the methods Jesus used. Some of the most difficult miracles Jesus worked, the secret I realized was that 
he thanked God before the miracle came. And I'll, just, I'll give you just two examples. Matthew chapter 14, let's read from verse 13 to 21. One of his greatest miracles was when he fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Extraordinary miracle that beats all economic sense. It doesn't make economic sense. When demand outstrips supply, you expect a shortage. Demand, 5,000 men and an unnamed number of women and children. Supply, two lo five loaves of bread and two fish. In such a case, demand far outstrips supply. You expect that there will be a shortage. But by the time he was done with them, instead of a shortage, there was a surplus of how many? 12 baskets. That was a notable miracle. Matthew chapter 4. Sorry, chapter 14, verse 13 to 21. Verse 13 to 21. He said, when Jesus had obeyed, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. Next. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them. And he healed their sick. Next. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place and the time is now past. And sent the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. Next. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. Next. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude and they did all eat and they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full verse 21 and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children now we will note that when he picked the bread and he picked the, 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 what do you call it, the fish. The first thing he did was, I told that he gave thanks. He looked up unto heaven and gave thanks. I believe that thanksgiving was what opened up the miracle. The second time we see Jesus Christ doing this was Lazarus. Another difficult situation. Somebody who had been in the grave for four days. Four days, if I should give you the pathology of what would have happened to the body by now. By that time, I mean, you will be amazed. That was a notable miracle. The Bible said when he went there, he just lifted up his voice and said, Lord, I thank you that you hear me always. That's the kind of situation you should put God in. When you ask him for anything, I thank you that this thing, you have done it already. And God never embarrasses people who praise him. Hallelujah. Tell him, I thank God. I thank you. That you have done it already. I thank you that I've passed my exam. I thank you that I have a credit. I thank you that I have a distinction. I thank you that I have a godly beloved. A man sent from God. Tall, dark, and handsome. Short, spiritual, and handsome. Hallelujah. You thank God for the thing before it happens. 
Thank God that this journey that I'm going to go on, it is safe. Thank you, Lord, that the highways and the byways are safe for my sake. Thank you, Lord, that no tongue that shall rise up against me in judgment will succeed. Thank you, Lord, that you have sent your angel to protect me. You thank God. You put him in a difficult situation. Hey, you have thanked me for the thing. I have to perform it. Hallelujah. I pray that your language will change from just asking and asking into thanking God. One of the things you must thank God is for your future children. Thank him that my womb is fruitful. Thank him that your children are godly children who will be a good example unto their generation. When I'm saying, I don't say just being an example because an example too can be a bad example. There's some people, when, when, when you are giving examples, you use them in a bad sense. You thank God that your children are a good example unto their generation. That they are intelligent and they are doing well in class and they are respectful children. And they are children who will be aligned in the will of God for their lives. You thank God you put him in a difficult situation. Hey, as for this thing, I am locked. I have to let it happen. Hallelujah. There are things in our lives we must be grateful for. There are a lot of people, they don't even like the way they look. They wish they look like somebody else. Meanwhile, there's somebody who looks at you and wishes they look like you. In fact, one of the most difficult things to define is beauty. It's because it is in the eyes of the beholder. Finished. You can't, you can't define beauty. If I ask you to stand here right now and define beauty, you will define your beauty. Another person will disagree with you. You will say, oh, beauty is when you are dark with a pointed nose and your hair is flowing. Someone will say, nah, 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 nah. You may say, when you are slim, skinny, somebody will say, no, you must have enough body. <laughs> when the Bible says God is perfect in all his ways, it means he's perfect in all his ways. Even when you are born with some imperfections, it doesn't change the fact that God is perfect in all his ways. Let me show you from scripture that even disabled people, it's God who created them that way. You see, sometimes we, we think, oh, everything is the devil, is the devil, is the devil. Open to Exodus chapter 4, 10 to 11. Moses was complaining about the fact that he doesn't know how to talk and this and this and this. And listen to what God said. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. This is something a lot of people have said before. I'm not, for me, I can't talk. Neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Next. And what did God say? And the Lord said unto him, Who had made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, that is those who can't speak, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind, have not I the Lord? Hallelujah. That means when people are born dumb, they are born deaf, they are born blind, it is God who makes them that way. So this whole I argument that, oh, when there are um, physical disabilities, you do an ultrasound and you find out the child has uh, abort the baby. Biblically, it's wrong. God is saying he created the deaf, he created the blind, he created the dumb. In their deafness and their dumbness and their blindness, the perfection of God still remains. Hallelujah. 
you need to be grateful for everything you have in life. Be grateful. Be grateful. What you are admiring about somebody and being jealous of him or her for, another person is looking at you and saying, hey, you are privileged though. You need to be thankful. How many of you admire Apostle Paul? Lift up your, you don't admire Paul. Hey. Me, I admire Paul. When I read the physical description of Paul, I understood why the man decided that he, he would marry. It's not just that he wanted, I don't think the sisters liked him. <laughs> I don't think the sisters liked him. This one, it was a historical something, and they were describing Paul's physical appearance. They said the man was about four feet tall. Four feet is like a little taller than my son, Jason. Four feet. Most of you are at least five foot something. That means all the sisters here, you are much, much taller than Paul. Four feet tall, and they said he had a very big head. Aside the big head, his nose was unusually big. That was, those are the words they used, unusually big. And they said the distance between his two eyes were unusually far. No wonder he could see wide into the spirit. And to make matters worse, it's believed he had a form of rickets that made him a little bow-legged. That's why he was that short. How many of you admire Paul? <laughs> But this same man, when he opens his mouth to speak, <laughs> God is perfect in his ways. Oh. He went somewhere and he spoke and the people were like, hey, this eloquence, this man is a God. They, they called him Mercury. He said, you are God. No, no, no. A normal human being can't speak like this. When he stands and he's arguing about Christ and arguing about the scriptures, the man had intelligence. He was a legal practitioner, a lawyer. Anointed. If it comes to anointing, dear Gobo, you don't even talk about it. Going into heaven, which a lot of you wish you, you could do, but it is not happening for you. Raising the dead, preaching the gospel, teaching people, casting out demons, traveling all over the place. Some of you are trusting God for visa. Paul, he went all Asia, man. He was just moving around. Meanwhile, he didn't have everything going for him. Hallelujah. What you are talking about, somebody is wishing and praying to God for that thing. So hold on to it and be grateful to God for it. Be grateful to God. Recently, they said they don't even understand why there is this notion in the Western world that every woman has to be skinny. And you know why, the article I read, do you know why they, 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 they started questioning that? Because they did an internet survey. And they realized that the people who visit pornographic sites, they look at the top searches. And most of the people are searching for women with a lot of body and a lot of this and that in Europe and America. If that is done in Africa, you understand. They are, like, they are wondering why it, it is... It just tells you that human beings, you can't really define what is perfect. Hallelujah. 
So the ladies, however God created you, be grateful for it. There is a brother somewhere who is dreaming about you, praying for you, praying about you. You have been a prayer topic for 10 years, and that prayer topic will manifest, so get ready for it. Hallelujah. There are people who are addicted to makeup. There's nothing wrong with makeup. But they are addicted to makeup. It's like they are slaves to makeup to the extent that they can't come out of their room unless they have given themselves a touch-up. It is a pure manifestation of ingratitude. You're not grateful to God. I'm telling you. You're trying to tell God, God, this thing you're saying you're perfect in your ways, there's a bit of imperfection because I'm a manifestation of that imperfection. My nose is a bit too some way, so let me use some, what they call it, my eyes. I don't like the way it is, so some mascara and some Mary K and Mary Y and Mary S must come in to shape it. There's nothing wrong with using makeup to enhance your beauty. But if it is because you don't like what you are seeing, then there's a problem with it. Oh, I know somebody. She can't come out of her room until you knock the door. She has to take. She doesn't want you to see her without makeup. It is a manifestation of the spirit of ingratitude. And you see, ingratitude can lead you into feeling rejected. It can lead you even into feeling depressed. One of the antidotes to depression is to be grateful. To live a life of gratitude. Be happy. And those that are grateful, they look at the positive side of things in their lives. They look at the positive sides of the people in their lives, the situations in their life. Everything. They look at the positive side. You are complaining about your boyfriend. Somebody is praying about him and claiming him in the spirit. And using the scripture that the Bible says, from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven have read violence, so the violence shall take it by force. So they are taking him by force. And you are there, always complaining, complaining. Open your eyes for a minute, you will see that there are good things in him. Open your eyes for a minute, you will see that there are good things in her. In spite of the fact that she's complaining all the time and nagging all the time, there are also good qualities. Hallelujah. And be grateful to God. When you enter a relationship and you, you enter that place of gratitude, you don't struggle with emotions for other people. I'm telling you. When you are grateful to God, you say, God, this is what you have given me. I like it. I'm holding on to it with all its perfections and perfect imperfections. I like it the way it is. You won't struggle with emotions for any other person. A lot of young men, they struggle that way because even while they're in a relationship, they're wondering. They've seen some quality in somebody somewhere. Hey, I wish my beloved had this one. I wish he was like this. I wish he was like that. So what, what ends up happening is that you are creating a perfect image of somebody out there. And you are comparing it to the imperfect reality of your, of your beloved. And when imperfection and perfection are competing, imperfection does not stand a chance. That is when you start being unhappy. But let that same person you admire be brought to you. One week you realize that, God, I want my old one back. Because from afar, you won't see the imperfections. It's the perfections. Oh, the beauty, the grace, the way the person can sing. The person seems to love God. Comes close. You realize that mm, behind the singing, there's a certain sharp temper somewhere. Behind this, there's this, this, that, that, that. You start discovering imperfections. And then suddenly, God, I like my old one like that. Bring me back my old one. Be grateful. Thank God. 
I said, there's no definition for beauty. So you can't, you can't, for you, the one you are with should be the most beautiful person. Hallelujah. That is the definition of beauty. You have the most beautiful. That is it. And if you have that attitude, you will not struggle with emotions. I've told people several times, and I'm saying it here behind this altar, that ever since I started moving with my wife, never have I struggled with my emotions for another woman. That, A, it's like my heart is going there and I have to pray and fast that God, guard the heart of thy servant. No, I've never prayed that prayer. I've never prayed that prayer. And I'm saying it here. God is my witness. I have never for once struggled with my emotions. It's because I am grateful for what I have. Hallelujah. So you to be grateful for what God has given you. And thank God for it. Amen. The imperfections may be there. But you yourself too, you are not perfect. So it's perfect imperfections. Hallelujah. Thank God for the people around you. The devil will always want you to emphasize on the negatives in people. And when you emphasize on the negatives in people, you realize that you create an image of them which is just the negative. You realize that love now becomes hatred. You despise them. You are angry with somebody. Let, let me tell you a little more stage. You are angry with somebody and they ask you, why are you angry with the person? And you can't tell why. The devil has fed your mind and helped you to focus only on the negatives. But there was something positive you saw in the person. That is why you connected. And I pray that God will take you back to the place where you will see those positives again. And in fact, not just see the positives, but magnify the positives above the negatives. Look, I was saying somewhere that people who are happy in their relationships and their marriages, it's not because their relationships and their marriages are perfect. It's because they've decided to focus on the positives and enjoy the positives while they trust God for the negatives. That's the secret. Focus on the positives and enjoy the positives while you trust God for the negatives. Even if the negatives outweigh the positives, focus on the positives, enjoy the positives, and trust God to deal with the negatives. That is the secret. I pray that God will give you a grateful spirit and a grateful heart. I met somebody who was complaining. Her color. He doesn't understand why she's so dark. When you look at she's dark. Very, very dark. She doesn't understand why she's so dark. She's considering going to do some maintenance therapy <laughs> to change her color. And she's had this inferiority complex for years because her, her, her mates in school, and you know when you're right that they'll find some names on some black wools or some kodaki or something, they'll find some interesting name for you. <laughs> and it's something she was worried about. She wasn't happy about it. And one day, somebody opened, took a phone, Googled a particular model's name, a Sudanese model called Alek, Alek Wek. She's dark like the night, like that. It's like those kind of people, you see them, it's only the, the white of their eyes that you can see. It's like two eyes walking towards you, like that. <laughs> Showed her. So I was like, do you know the number of millions or thousands of dollars she made by just taking this picture that I'm showing to you because of her dark skin. Show there another picture, another um, actress of Kenyan descent. 
who is also very dark. She keeps her short hair. I've forgotten her name. Showed her the picture. I said, look at these people. Go and look at their Instagram following. You, you are here, you are dark, and you are depressed about it. Come on, be happy and, and, and be proud of the fact that you are dark. You have a lot of melanin. Excess of melanin is plenty. Be joyous that your melanin is a lot. <laughs> Hallelujah. People suffer from hypochondriasis. Diseases that make them see a distorted image of themselves. It's like they look inside the mirror and they alone can see that their nose is twisted. Everybody else sees them and their nose is in the correct place. And people undergo plastic surgery. Hey! Sometimes you see some people before the surgery and after the surgery and you're like, why on earth did this person bother to go under the knife? How many of you have seen Michael Jackson before he did all those cosmetic things and after? That guy was a very handsome guy. After the surgeries and things, now he comes and he looks like a ghost that is floating around you. His eyes became opened and his nose somewhere. Meanwhile, this guy was a very, very handsome, even bothering on beautiful. A manifestation of ingratitude. Some people don't stand in the mirror and look at themselves. Huh? Left, right, 45 minutes, scrutinizing yourself and being sad for what you are seeing. Meanwhile, when you are walking around, there's some guy somewhere who opens his window to spy you and to see you walking away. And you are there and you are sad. Be grateful for how God has created you. You are beautiful the way you are. Beautiful the way you are. There are a lot of things we take for granted. Let me give you a few facts. For you to realize that you are very privileged in life. Some facts that I picked from the UN. They said there are 100 million people in this world who are homeless. 100 million. Ghana, we are 27 million. So I'm, we are talking about like four times the number of people in Ghana. Homeless means either you don't have a roof upon your head or you don't have a bed to sleep on. Who here doesn't have a bed? You need to be grateful. 100 million. Every evening they have to wonder, where do I sleep? Under the mercy of snow, under the mercy of all kinds of things. Some of them animals come to bite them at night. When you go, the kayaye at the market there. Boys are raping them left, right, center. They have children and don't know who their father is. Because you are sleeping there in the night and somebody just comes and jumps on you. A month later, you realize you've missed your period. You are pregnant. But you have a place to sleep. But you are complaining. Even this my room. Cry. Look at how the window is. And the school authorities, they have to do this and do that and do that and do that. I'm not saying don't fight for what is rightfully yours, but be grateful for what you have. 780 million people do not have access to safe drinking water. 780 million. We drink the pure water, we throw the rubber and stick it. <laughs> 780 million, almost 1 billion people. People are drinking from the same stream that goats and sheep and cows are drinking from. 
It's as good as licking the saliva of the goat. That, that, that is basically, basically what it comes down to. Because they are licking the water and contaminating it with their saliva. Some of them droppings inside everything. Drinking it. But you, pure water is there. You've even graduated to Vaultic. <laughs> you have to be grateful to God. 7.5 million children under the age of 5 die from malnutrition every year. Everybody here is 5 or above. You didn't have any problems with malnutrition. In fact, when you were a child, they even had to sing for you before you eat. They sing for you. Play music. Oh, can't this, 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 this. You put the food in your cheeks and put it down. Oh, why are you doing that? Eat for me. Eat for me. Eat for me. 7.5 million children die from malnutrition every year. Malnutrition means they just don't have enough food to eat. You watch films, Sudan, Somalia, you see children and their ribs are coming out. There was one particular one I saw that broke my heart. The child was literally, it was like weak from hunger. Just two, three, four meals and this child will be better. No money. You need to be grateful. 12.7 million people will discover they have cancer this year and 7.6 million people will die from its complications. You are here, you are cancer free and you will not have cancer in Jesus' name because you will be grateful for the fact that God has protected you from cancer. 12.7 million people will hear this year that they have cancer. But that is not your portion in Jesus' name. The average salary of a person in Afghanistan salary, that means monthly salary, is $14 a month. If you bring it to CDs, 56 Ghana CDs. How do you take care of a child? How do you take care of your wife? How do you take care of... How do you survive with that kind of money unless you become an arm robber? A lot of you here, you are not even working, but 56 Ghana CDs, they are born. These are people who are working. And that is the money they are receiving. Their children are hungry. They can't pay for school fees. They sleep and they can't sleep because they don't know where the next meal is going to come from. You need to be grateful to God. 39 million people in the world are blind. You can see. You can see. You use your eyes for all kinds of things. You even insult people. They Nine million people, more than the population of Ghana. They are walking and it's like it's constantly night. They can't see anything. Stevie Wonder said he's looking for the doctor in the world who can open his eyes for just two seconds so that he can see what his wife and his children look like. He's been with his wife for years. He's had children for years. He doesn't even know what they look like. You have people around you, and you've decided that you, I don't want to see you again. <laughs> Somebody wants his eyes to be opened just for two seconds so he could see, oh, this voice, nice voice that I've been hearing, this person that has been doing this for me, this is what you look like. And he, and it, it was like, just open for two seconds and close it again. And for the rest of my life, I'll just live with the memories. You've decided that you, I don't want to see you. The next time I see you, the things I'll tell you, you will not be able to sleep. Forty million people are born with disfigurement. Some people are born one leg, 
some people with no legs, some people with no hands. I saw somebody, the person didn't have a nose and a mouth, so it's just eyes like that. So it's like his head ends here. So when you see him, he looks like an alien. But even some of these people are more grateful for life than you and I. Because we are always complaining. You have a full head, but you say your head is too big. You have a nose, you say the nose is too small. Too big, you want it a little pointed. There are 10 million tra tragic accidents every year. Tragic means people die. 10 million every year. That means this year there will be 10 million. But it will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Because you are grateful. You're going in and you're coming in. You are grateful. You, you express gratitude to God. When was the last time you thank God? That you were able to walk from your hostel to the clinic safely. It's because we take it for granted. There's a certain program sometimes I stumble on on TV. A thousand ways to die. Go to YouTube. I think they have some videos there. Three things that kill people. Some of them you're like, ah, no, this thing can't be true. The person will just step on something simple. The thing will go hit something. It will move something big. The time you realize a whole rock comes and crashes the person. And these are true stories that have been documented. Strange ways in which people are dying. After a certain woman, she decided that she wanted breast implants. So she went for some saline breast implants. I think something, something. She went into a plane, and as they went, altitude, altitude, pressure started building in it. So everybody just saw her, her chest expanding like that. They say initially the men were excited. Hey, what is happening? <laughs> By the time they realized her chest had exploded right in front of them, boom, she bled to death. This is a true story. So there are thousand and one ways to die. Don't take the fact that you can walk from your hostel to the clinic and come and, and you are back safely for granted. Do you know the number of arrows the devil has pointed at you since the day you were born? But we thank God that the Bible says them that are for us are more than those that are against us. So if 10 arrows are drawn against you, there are 20 arrows that are drawn against the 10 that are against your life. And you must be grateful for these things. Today, I may go a little beyond my time. Forgive me. But I need to download this thing for you to get it well. 3,000 abortions are conducted every day because of unwanted pregnancy. 3,000. 1, 2, 3, 3,000. 3,000. Thank God you were not aborted. Because somebody could have decided that... Let me take her away. A quarter of humanity lives without electricity. One quarter. That means almost two billion people, they don't have electricity. You can charge your phone. You can watch TV, watch Kung Kung Badia and watch all those things. You have electricity. One of the things we should be grateful to God for is modern medicine. Those of you who have taken chloroquine before, those days, malaria, when you have malaria, you take chloroquine, 442. You will be grateful for coatem. <laughs> Some of you are too young. By the time you started getting malaria, maybe we had moved into the atemita lumefantrin era. But when we're doing monotherapy those days, chloroquine. 
I've not seen a drug more bitter than chloroquine. You will take the chloroquine, especially the syrup. Hey! You will take it. You go and brush your teeth. You do what? The bitterness will be in your mouth for at least three days. And to make matters worse, too, you will itch. Hey, you'll be scratching your ears, your eyes. You even wish you could cut your tongue and scratch it. But now, them. I was telling my children that now all the drugs, they flavored them nicely. Banana flavor, strawberry flavor. You say, those days it wasn't like that. Oh, you would take it and you would grimace. And hope that it works quickly. So I don't say, take another one. Those days when they are going to do amputations. Now, they'll come and give you spinal anesthesia. Your legs are numb. If you have the guts, you can even open your eyes and watch your leg being cut. You won't feel anything. Those days, you know what they will do? They'll give you whiskey. You drink the whiskey, a large dose of whiskey. So when you are drowsy and you are, they just put you down, tie a tourniquet on your hand, on your, on your leg that is going to be amputated. And they'll take a carpenter saw and saw it. Then it breaks. Oh. Then they tie and suture and pour alcohol on it again as an antiseptic. <laughs> hey, we need to be grateful for modern medicine. Same with cesarean session. Now we even have epidural. They give you epidural, you don't feel anything. Oh, you just have a nice, you can even be sipping coke. But woe unto you if it fails. There's somebody here asking how it feels when the epidural fails. <laughs> when you've not psyched yourself for the pain. And the thing comes, hey, that day. They say every part of your body aches. Me, I was trying to be helpful, trying to rub the leg. Leslie, please, please, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Sorry. <laughs> I beg. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we should be grateful for modern medicine. So these are facts that should make you they should make you grateful in life. You are more fortunate than most people. Life is good for you. The fact that that exam didn't go the way you wanted doesn't mean God has forsaken you. He's still with you. You are still in his plan. It doesn't change the fact that he's still God. The fact that you trusted him for that relative of yours and the person still died doesn't change the fact that God is God. It shouldn't shake your faith. It shouldn't make you leave the faith. Because his wisdom, you see, God's foolishness is like man's wisdom. He knows why he lets the things that happen, happen. Before I close, I want to show you this video. In fact, it was that video that inspired this sermon. And this is a video of a girl. This girl was born without hands. Was born without hands. And her mother abandoned her. Her mother abandoned her when she was born. Luckily for her, there was this old lady who took her on, adopted her, brought her up, gave her love and everything. Such a person has every right to be bitter in life. Every right to be bitter in life. One, I was born without hands. My own mother, who conceived me, left me. And you see, I'm sure if you even investigate the story, you realize that it was 
some doings of the mother that landed her with no arms. Probably she took some drugs and did all kinds of things first trimester. And it came with teratogenic effect. No arms. But this lady, old lady, you see her in the video. When you see somebody in a, in a, in a red jacket. For me, that's the real heroine of what we are about to watch. But she brought this girl up, got her to love herself for who she is, trained her to sing, to play musical instruments. And the clip you're about to watch is an audition she went for, for one of these talent shows. She's actually a, a Romanian. When she got there, without hands, she went and stood there in front of her people. I've cut the, 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 there's a longer video showing all these things, but I'm just giving you the part I want you to see. This is her saying it. When she got there, she stood in front of the judge. She asked her, what are you coming to do? She said, I'm going to play the piano. And they were looking at her face. And somebody asked her, well, excuse me to ask, but what are you going to use to play the piano? She said, I'm going to use my feet. No hands. I'm going to use my feet. They gave her the piano. And what you're about to see is that performance. more volume.
So the lady in the red is the one who adopted her and took care of her. Hallelujah. <laughs> Shall we please stand to our feet? After I watched this, the first thing I did was to thank God that I have hands. I've never done that in my life before. I can see some of you are crying. It's okay to cry. <laughs> yes. For me, it inspired the sermon and the need for us to be grateful. I don't know what it will inspire in you, but if for nothing at all, I want it to inspire you right now to be grateful to God. Just lift up your voice and begin to thank God for the little things in your life. Just bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Just, just thank him for the little things, the things that you have taken for granted. Your family, the fact that you even have people to call family. The fact that you can see. The fact that you can walk. You've taken these things for granted for too long, but it's time to show God that we appreciate him. The video you just saw is a testament of the perfection of God. In spite of their disabilities, there was still perfection in it. There was still beauty in it. You need to be grateful to God. Stop having a low opinion of yourself. You are a perfect creation of God in spite of all your insecurities and all your, 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 your disabilities and all your weaknesses, you are still a perfect creation of God. Just thank God. Just thank God. Just bless his name. Just bless his name. Just bless his holy name. Thank him for your life. 